0: Hello, I am a wafer-eaten, wine-swilling Catholic, and I never, never listen to I Doubt It with Dollar Moore.
1: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It With Dollamore. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. Episode 446 of I Doubt It With Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dullamore. The one and only, and I'm joined by the, not necessarily one and only, it's a relatively common name, the beautiful, the talented, the scholarly, Brittany Page.
2: I'm definitely not the only one, and I'm not the only Brittany Elizabeth Page either.
1: Really? Yeah. I've got a Brittany Page who follows me on Instagram. Yeah. I think she must follow you too. I don't know. Because of the connection.
2: Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Is that what you investigated? And you no, found no, that I out? No, no. I just there's
1: a Britney Page who commonly <laughs> likes my photos on Instagram. Oh, and okay. how would a Britney? I mean, it just. I mean, it's common enough that there's many of you. Yeah. Of many of your name. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think uh, Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, that's right. Has a daughter named Britney Page. The wrestling guy. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, I know there's another Britney Page that's a photographer. So yeah, I'm I'm not the most popular Britney Page even.
1: You're the closest to my heart, though.
2: Oh, that's nice. Bernie Page. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you back from jury duty.
1: Yeah. Jury duty. Yeah. Uh, ended up being something a little more <laughs> more than just like, uh, hey, jury duty. It's, it's a grand jury. Yeah. Like a molar situation, grand jury.
2: Okay. So tell us what that would involve. Because normally people think of jury duty as... I mean, you go in, and you might get on a case, and then that's just the one case, and then you can leave, and everything is fine.
1: This is a year-long obligation every single Wednesday. Wow. However, I'm an alternate. Mm -hmm. I'm the first alternate. So they said that I will most assuredly be called in. I will be sitting on the grand jury. Uh, I just luckily, or unluckily, because I did want to serve... Got called as an alternate.
2: Mm-hmm. Does that mean, like, if someone needs needs one of those weeks off or something, like, yeah. can they take time off? Yeah. in the, the year
1: they said they can accommodate for vacation. They can. They obviously can accommodate for deaths or births or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um. But they just want enough people, and there's a lot of us that are alternates. But I was the very first one called, so it kind of goes in that order. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an interesting process, the whole thing, because you you show up in this giant room in a federal courthouse, mm-hmm. and you, they ask right away, okay, who's who's not going to try to get out of this?
2: They just ask right up front, <laughs>
1: right away. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know the exact order, but it was really quickly that they asked, just flat out, who's who 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 who, who here is a good citizen. <laughs> Yeah. And then they kind of segregate. It's okay. You guys get out, get over here. And then everybody who's going to try to get out of it. Each one of them had a one-on-one with a magistrate judge. There were two judges. Oh God. And then they had to sit there and make their cases. Oh why no. They needed to get out of it. Yeah. I so, wonder
2: if they knew that before they volunteered that they were lazy turds. Well,
1: I, I can't imagine anybody knew more about the situation than me. I think everybody went in with the same thing, kind of thinking it was going to be just like regular jury duty. Because
2: you'd think as soon as they're like, okay, you need to sit with the judge here and explain why you want to get out of yeah. this. They're like, you know what? Never mind. I'm super willing to yeah. serve. <laughs> I'm all over this. So here we a lo- go. A
1: lot of people were dismissed, but then a lot of people were postponed. And then some people were like, yeah, no, get over there. You're serving. <laughs> there were some of those. Oh, But what, what struck me was... And I'm not going to be able to, when I actually get seated on the grand jury, I'm not I'm not going to be able to talk about it because mm-hmm. it's it's they were very explicit.
2: Wink, wink.
1: No, for sure not. <laughs> bring not, the mic in. Not going to do it. Here that. we
2: are, a live version of I Doubt It with right. Moore inside the courtroom. I'll, just, <laughs> I'll bring a
1: digital recorder in with me. <laughs> but what struck me was um, how dumb people are. Uh-oh. Yeah, I mean, obviously that would be what I take away is being aggravated at people, but... Well,
2: wait a minute. Before you get into the people, I want to know like what is involved because you're making it seem like it's more of a responsibility. I mean, these people are going to be meeting every week and what are they... Because they're not just doing... Like, one and done. They're not just doing one case, right? What are they actually doing? What is the grand jury doing?
1: Uh, Issues indictments. Listens to evidence to find probable cause to issue indictments. So,
2: for many different cases.
1: Many, many, many different cases. Throughout a year. That's right. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, that is a little scary. You'd think that there would be some process to identify people to make sure that...
1: That they're cognitively capable?
2: Yeah, that they have... The ability and intelligence and
1: yeah nope that's not the way we do it.
2: But I I mean I guess it's called the jury of your peers for a reason. That's,
1: I guess so yeah. Right? And there's a lot of us and it's not it's not in all people have to. It's just a like twelve of sixteen I think is it. Mm-hmm. If twelve of sixteen vote to indict, indictments get issued. Okay. So.
2: You don't have to convince everybody.
1: Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So, and when the jury de- deliberates, no one can be in there other than the jury, hmm. and the, it's ju- actually the jury who issues subpoenas. Huh. If we, if the jury, we listen to me.
2: I know. If the jury decides
1: <laughs> to issue subpoenas, then subpoenas get issued. Hmm. It's not the the government saying I. This is what I mean. They might say I think this is what we should do, and then the jury's like, okay, yeah, do that. Yeah. It, it probably is a little bit of that. But if there's smart enough people on the jury and say, well, I think we should subpoena these people and get them in here if we can talk about this, because it really ultimately is the grand jury who's making the decisions Wow! if it's followed the way it should be done. And I can't imagine they're derivating too much.
2: So tell us why you were concerned about certain <laughs> well,
1: individuals. Uh, again, I don't want to be grumpy Gus. You, get off my lawn, kids. <laughs> I, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah,
2: we're used to that. So. Yeah,
1: well, tell me about mm-hmm. it. So... Um, but it's just odd when when you when you show up and you've got your jury summons, which clearly says where you're supposed to be, yeah, I mean, you showed up in the right spot, so you would think mm-hmm. that you read it, yeah, and then when you show up with that and then they give you a card, mm-hmm. and on one side it's all your information. Like, you know, education. Like,
2: you have to fill it out. Yeah, it's your
1: social, out. your date of birth, your address, your emergency contact. But
2: you have to put that on the card. It's not already on there. That's right. Okay. It's a blank card. Mm-hmm.
1: And you, that, yeah, so I guess that's, yeah. So you put that there. And then on the back, it's clearly, it is clearly for court use only.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, it, it says that.
1: Yeah. Did, no. Well, it doesn't say that, but they, they tell you, only fill out this side of the card.
2: Okay, so they tell you
1: do not fill out the other side. And the other side says dismissed, mm-hmm. postponed, and then like what are the reasons you're dismissed? So you wouldn't.
2: Yeah, you're clearly not making that not, decision yourself.
1: It's not for you, bro. <laughs> I
2: am dismissed, right, and this is right, the reason right. that I will be dismissed.
1: Childcare check mark. <laughs> so at one point, the lady says uh, over a microphone because it's a giant courtroom. It's mm-hmm. not like Perry Mason. I say, I say, we're gonna get down to the business here. It's we're talking. Do- it's a huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they, uh, I don't know why, foghorn, leghorn, kind of a Perry Mason thing came to mind, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, she says, "Okay, well, listen, we're gonna have you um, turn those cards in." Yeah. But if cause you, <laughs> if you, th- it must happen all the time because they mentioned <laughs> it. If you filled out the other side that you weren't supposed to, please come up and get a new one. Oh. And I thought, there's not a fucking chance anybody did that. Why is she saying that? And then, doop, 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 <laughs> Like 10 or 12 people stood up yeah. and came over mm-hmm. because they had fucking... What are you doing? What are you doing?
2: And they're going to be issuing subpoenas. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> they're going to be on a grand jury. And many of them did end up on the grand jury. Perfect. And then she says, and it might have been before the the card thing, but she says, "All right, listen, um on your everybody look at your jury sum. I mean, really just by the numbers here. Yeah. Everyone pull out your paper, look at your jury summons. Look at the address. Make sure this is the courtroom. Make sure this is the place you're supposed to be and not like county over at the justice uh, center or whatever in another place, Mm -hmm. which is. Not federal. It's a different... Far away.
2: Yeah. This is... Even listening to this is making me anxious because this is like my worst nightmare. It's reminding me of when you go to school, college, and the first day is dedicated to reading the syllabus. Oh,
1: I didn't tell you this. The judge...
2: Oh, no. (laughs) When
1: when we finally... Everybody got picked and where you're going to be. Yeah. The judge just read... That little pamphlet that I have, the grand jury charge. Oh, no. Just read it verbatim.
2: Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah. no, 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 was, no, 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 no. it, no, it was no. one of those deals. <laughs> so anyway, so she says, look at your thing, and then um, if you're not supposed to be here, stand up and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and uh, like five people stood up. Yeah. In the wrong place. Yeah. Because they didn't read their goddamn form, which there wasn't another grand jury um, a, a, a gathering. There mm-hmm. wasn't another jury duty in the federal court. They were in the wrong, just the wrong building. They were in the wrong. It was way wrong for them to have been there.
2: <laughs> way wrong.
1: Way wrong.
2: Well, this sounds like a fantastic first jury duty experience for you. You really well, got. That's,
1: that's the other thing. Okay. Is this is. Listen, I've been registered to vote, which is kind of the predicate. You don't get called for jury duty unless you're registered to vote, mm-hmm. and I have been registered to vote for many, many years, mm-hmm. and have never been called for jury duty. Mm-hmm. One time it happened. I think I mentioned this on the show. One time it happened, but I'd already moved to California. Yeah, and bo- it was Boise, and I just said, "Yeah, I don't live there anymore." And they're like, "Oh, all right." So this is the first time, and it's a grand
2: jury. Yeah, well, I have jury duty this week. Oh, that's right. I got called too, so I'm.
1: It's not a grand jury. It is not
2: federal. <laughs> it is not uh, a grand jury. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm I'm pretty nervous and I guess excited, mildly. We'll see.
1: I, I I'm I'm fascinated by it, so I'm I'm eager to hear your experience. I'm sure the audience is too. Oh yeah. Um, I would love if there was any uh, interesting jury duty stories out there. Yes, for sure. Uh, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to it at dollarmore.com. And before we move on...
2: We want to talk about that AMA. Yes. Yeah, so we're doing the Ask Me Anything Patreon-only episode. So I'm going to send another um, message out this week, but we... Is,
1: is it because people are disinterested turds who don't like to send in questions we did get a few no
2: we've gotten several questions that are great it's just that we talked about how people um their cards are expired or whatever it might be and i don't want to i don't want to miss people that want to get in on the action um because they didn't get the message so i'm going to be sending it out again this week and then next week because we're recording it on the
1: 22nd i think you said
2: the is my calendar going to come up the 22nd. Yeah. So we need them by the 21st. And so I'm going to send two more messages and out. Listen,
1: don't do like everybody does for the Thanksgiving episode and wait until the evening of the 20th to send them in, please. Is it stresses me the fuck out that we are not getting enough questions?
2: Yeah, but we've <laughs> we've received really awesome, interesting questions um, like a list of people that Jesse would rather have a beer with. Um, I don't want to give all the questions away, but... Uh, well,
1: no, I wouldn't mind talking about some of the questions because we're going to answer those. Yeah. Like, what other kind of a podcast would we do if we didn't do this?
2: Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of... Um, just great questions. I've been really happy with the response that we've received, but we just want to remind you, if you want to get in on that, send us a message via Patreon, respond to the message we sent asking for questions. That is how you get your question to us. We also had someone call and ask us a question and say it was for the AMA. So that's okay too.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. That would be awesome.
2: Yeah. So just get those in. This is a reminder. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Um, we're putting together, we, we mentioned this a few, several episodes ago uh, when the AC was broken here, so it was a long time ago, mm-hmm. that we're putting together, we have some super creative, unbelievably talented people who listen to the show, and there's so they've reached out and they want us to do, like, put together, like, a commercial mm-hmm. that we could run, like, on Facebook to try to expand the audience. Yep. I think normal podcasts probably wouldn't talk about the ins and outs as I like to say, how the sausage is made. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's not how we operate. So I want to kind of crowdsource some ideas about what moments would be funny and serious and touching or whatever enough to include Mm -hmm. in some kind of a brief commercial that would run on Facebook to try to promote the show and grow the audience.
2: Right, so to the listener... If there's something that stands out to you for however long you've been listening to the show, um, some moment where you thought something was particularly funny or touching or you know a serious topic too, whatever it is, if it stands out to you and you can remember it, just send us an email and tell us what that was. Um, so we can you can help us track it down. Now, if you know the episode number. That's very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. If you know the timestamp on the episode number. Wow. You're really doing the Lord's work. Um, And if you know how to
1: make (laughs) commercials and you just want to do it yourself, you know, hey, just get on that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That too. But seriously, we would really appreciate your help with that because we, you know, people will tell me. Hey, remember when you said this on, you know, that episode? And I'm like, no, we, we sit here and talk for hours and hours and who knows what kind of dumb things that I've said. Sometimes I don't remember. So we need help because you guys listen and you remember and thank you. Well,
1: (laughs) Oftentimes I'll say something. It's just a throwaway thing Mm -hmm. and it sticks with somebody. Yeah. So uh, that's great. We'd love to hear those. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, we got some listener communication. We've been talking a lot about Alex Jones over the course of the last couple months after he was kicked off Facebook, he was kicked off YouTube. Now he has officially been kicked off Twitter, and uh, we have a call about it.
3: Hi, Chelsea, Hi, Bernie. This is Chase from Virginia. I just saw on Twitter that Alex Jones was permanently suspended. I am through the roof,
1: happy about it. You know, there's going to be a lot and there is a lot of people on getting that at twitter and saying that censorship is real because they took down alice jones some people are trying to defend saying like hey james got me a child rape joke he's stole on twitter it makes no sense to me why would you defend somebody like that but then again we have on trump's office so i don't know what anyway i just wanted to let you guys know that about that, and what, when, when what your thoughts are about that? Maybe you guys have a great day. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, in addition, um, Chase, thank you for the call. In addition to Chase's call, we have another email about mm-hmm. the same topic. Also, I think including Laura Loomer, who, uh, in Incited this, if you remember from last time. down here to forty.
2: And this also goes to uh, Chase's comment about wondering what other people's thoughts are. Yeah,
1: exactly. It. Who who knew there'd be instant feedback?
2: Yes. (laughs) Hi, Jesse and Brittany. My name is Tyson, and I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm writing to offer a dissenting opinion regarding a couple of recent incidents you discussed in episode 445, specifically between Laura Loomer and Congressman Billy Long, as well as Alex Jones being banned from every major distribution platform. Personally, I find it very alarming. To be clear, I don't like Alex Jones and vehemently disagree with the nonsense he spouts and I don't even know who Laura Loomer is. <laughs> but I must say that I find it disturbing that these clear examples of suppression of free speech, both by a representative of the state and by large private companies, are being met with applause rather than suspicion. Is it acceptable for an elected leader and government official to shout down a constituent? Is it not alarming that profit-driven companies have been the, have become the arbiters of truth who silence those who deviate from the mainstream? I'm not worried so much about people like Jones, whose ideas can be refuted by most reasonable people, but I'm concerned about what could follow. If their right to speak is forfeit, then what about those on the left who call for an end to the illegal wars we're fighting all over the world, or who believe the military should be downsized, or that ICE should be abolished, or that healthcare is a fundamental right and not a privilege? These ideas are fundamentally antithetical to existing policy and deviate from the mainstream. Could their supporters be next on the chopping block, all in the name of preserving democracy? I would advise extreme skepticism toward both the state and the corporations who are positioning themselves as the defenders of fact. Thanks for letting me share. Tyson.
1: Tyson. Thank you for the email and for the dissent. We love the dissent. Yes. Let me start with the Laura Loomer thing. Um, One, and I know maybe you were just using this loosely, but just for the sake of specificity, I highly doubt that Laura Loomer is in the congressional district of Billy Long from Missouri. Mm-hmm. She's not a constituent, almost assuredly. Number two, a, a congressional hearing where they investigate different items, they have oversight, is not the place for someone to stand up in the middle of the proceedings and scream for Donald Trump to save them. (laughs) Nah, not the place. If you want to register your protest, you you can file for a permit and protest Congress on the grounds of Congress, or you can do what normal people do, what is expected, and that's to go to your congressman's office, wherever that might be, the Longworth Building, maybe the Russell Building, or the that's on the Senate side. Uh, you know the the different uh, House Office buildings
2: mm-hmm.
1: that are that are uh, on over on that side of the Capitol. You go to the office, you set an appointment, you sit down with the staffer, or possibly with your congresswoman or congressman, and you 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 register your complaint. But a congressional hearing, and this goes for the the the, the ding dongs that are getting up during Kavanaugh's speech and screaming tell the truth tell the truth that's that's not the place for that now if you you're doing that as a as a measure of civil disobedience and then facing arrest yeah, then that's what you do but to be arrested or to be taken out to be silenced in that setting isn't an infringement upon your free speech rights it's the the government has business to conduct has a job to do and you're getting in the way of that so that, that's the Laura Lo- Loomer angle on that, how I, how I feel about that. Um, th- as far as the Alex Jones thing, when he signed up for Twitter, there is a series of, of, of uh, a- an agreement that is made, the end user agreement. If you're going to use our service, these are the rules that we want for our platform. That we put the money down for. And same
2: with all the platforms. Facebook, yeah. uh, he just was removed. InfoWars was removed from the iTunes store. Oh, yeah. Same with right. the iTunes store. You you agreed to terms and services for that as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if he violates the terms of service, if he violates the rules, they have every right to pull his account. And let me further say this. If Alex Jones had a Facebook account, was coming to the I doubt it would dollar more Facebook page and posting the addresses, let's say, of the Sandy Hook victims. You you rest yourself sure that I would delete those fucking comments, that I would report him to Facebook, hoping that he was banned from the platform because he is endangering others. This isn't a policy debate. Relative to healthcare being a right, this is a this is a debate about whether or not, let's say, trans people, for instance, have the right to fucking exist. And, and I know, listen, uh, Tyson seems like uh, a loving, concerned, progressive individual who's just uh, focused on the larger possibilities uh, of people having their rights trampled upon. So I don't think that that Tyson is um thinking that trans people don't have the right I, I i'm not putting him in that category but but the comparison remains that this isn't just a a difference of opinion this is about maligning and making dangerous the living situations of lgbt people people of color marginalized communities and victims of horrific violence and terrorism in America.
2: I am sympathetic to Tyson's view. Me? So am I. And I think it is, although I don't sound like it. Yeah. I think, I think it is an even handed take, right? He he is being um, skeptical. He's being even handed. I appreciate that. And I do think it is something to be concerned about, um, to think about how, even liberals can uh, have their speech infringed upon as well for having quote unquote extreme views. But one thing that he said at the end here, um, skepticism about corporations who are positioning themselves as the defenders of fact. When I watch these hearings with the social media CEOs, I see them bending over backwards to say that they actually aren't the defenders of fact. Um, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, saying that it's the public square. He wants Twitter to be the public square. Mark Zuckerberg getting himself in hot water talking about the Holocaust deniers, right? I don't remember what he said, but...
1: I think it was something like uh, people believe different things. Or or it was something... It, it did it pissed people off.
2: Yeah, the point is he's not trying to say this is fact and I'm only going to have people saying this on my platform. If yeah. you're not saying this, I'm going to ban you from the platform.
1: Right. He's not threatening to ban climate deniers. Right. Or 9-11 truthers.
2: Right. In fact, people got pissed off at him because of what he said. Yeah. That Holocaust deniers would still have a place on his platform. So I don't think that these people are saying... Uh, We're the defenders of fact. Uh, I think they're going out of the way to say there's uh, many different ideas and we're not here to do that. That's not our role. I could be wrong, but that's just my perspective on what I've seen in the hearings.
1: What is different with this Alex Jones situation is that he doesn't just put bad ideas out there. He himself endangers other Americans and then foments frustration that leads to violence among his supporters and let me tell you there's legal liability all over that if, if if facebook or youtube or or twitter are to allow to be a conveyance for that danger
2: well and Alex Jones still has a website on yeah, the internet he is not banned yeah. from the internet people have been saying he's been banned from the internet no he hasn't if he's, you go to
1: Infowars.com yep, it's still running
2: he's still up he's still online he's saying this is war now that he's been banned from all these platforms <laughs> this is why he's trying to get into a physical altercation with Marco Rubio because he knows that without these platforms he can't grow and he can't continue to reach people yeah. and that's that's true um, I mean we, we don't know how his growth will be stymied we don't we don't know for sure but it seems likely that it is a hindrance to him to not be able to send out tweets and not post on facebook and he, not have an InfoWars right. app in the iTunes. Story. He
1: doesn't have the benefit of promotion through those services, but he still has free speech, he still has the internet, he still has a website, he has not been stifled, he has his his free speech has not been infringed
2: and I I will say I do I do struggle with this because like I said I sympathize with Tyson's view because I understand how this can be weaponized against the other side and you see that with people like Mike Cernovich um, digging up old tweets and trying to attack people for their jokes and um, I mean they make an effort to silence other people get other people banned get people fired Um, so it is kind kind of uh, a war out there that's going on. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to Alex Jones, he's not banned from the internet. He's still hanging out at the Capitol, harassing everybody and trying to get his message out there. So there's two
1: types of people, people that look at porn and people that lie about it. But I wasn't looking at porn uh, on my phone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. It will never not be yeah. funny.
1: So anyway, Tyson and Chase, both thank you for the email and the voicemail. We appreciate it very much. I think we have one more before we move on.
2: We have two more. Two more. This is from Amber. After listening to 444, I had to address a comment you read about the nine-year-old boy who killed himself after coming out. To be clear, it was a comment from the Facebook page, not something either of you said. The remark was something to the effect of, why is a nine-year-old worrying about sexuality anyway? I know I'm preaching to the choir by writing to you, but I'm angry enough to take the time to write. My seven-year-old son had his first crush last year in first grade. At the age of seven, he was aware enough to blush and get shy when asked about the little girl he was exchanging love letters with. If a pair of first graders are savvy enough to figure out that they're crushing on the opposite sex, then any other child is capable of being aware if they're crushing on the same sex. At that tender age, they're not thinking about attraction versus sexuality or dreaming about making it to second base. They're aware of a little something extra in that friendship, something that makes that person special. They're starting to figure out what love feels like outside of their familial relationships. We have to stop believing children don't have complex and real feelings. They're more a part of their world than adults want to believe. They listen to the adults around them, to the TV and the radio, advertisements and movies. You can't say a child isn't old enough to recognize who they're crushing on or attracted to when their peers know enough to tease them about being different and say things like go kill yourself. We have to talk to our children about the hard stuff, and we need to actually listen when they speak. It's bad enough that the president of the United States is a bully. Make sure we aren't bullying, too. Not only does it make you an asshole, but your kids are listening. Love your show. You make my day at work a little brighter. Thanks for all you do. Brittany's the best part. Amber.
3: Love the show. Brittany's the best part.
1: Bye. Amber. Once in a while, Brittany Page, we get an email <laughs> that leaves eh, nothing else necessary to be said. hmm Yeah. And I, I do, listen, it is an interesting thing, and about uh, uh, describing the differences between sexuality and, and attraction
0: mm-hmm.
1: is, listen, oxytocin is what causes a lot of this. It's a hormone. They call it the love hormone. And it oxytocin might start kicking in or affecting someone differently at a younger age than, let's say, when it did you. And I like how she puts it, that there's just a little something extra special about that relationship. Mm -hmm. You know that, it is kind of a magical, uh, you can't can't really explain it. It's like a tingle or a spark or a, you know, it's just something a little different that you feel that, you know, little Sally, for me, I felt differently about her than I did about little Mary. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't explain it. Mm -hmm. Those are, names have been changed to protect the innocent Brittany, but.
2: Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I used to write about um, Luke Skywalker in my diary when I was in first grade. Wow. And also George Clooney. So um, I would try to secretly watch One Fine Day whenever it was on the TV, like, so I could have some alone time just watching George Clooney in One Fine Day. Great film. Great film. As a
1: little girl. Yeah.
2: And I just, you know. Really liked K C from KC and the Sunshine Band, you know. Um, <laughs> you like who you like.
1: You like who you like. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely.
2: Try to guess my age, by the way. <laughs> Those things are all over the place. Know,
1: yes. <laughs> all right. Well, you said one more. Let's uh let's get to the last voicemail on the agenda before we move on with the program.
2: This is from Robin. Program. And- in Program. Washington D.C., Robin, dear Brittany and Jesse, this is just a quick email to tell you that you guys really make my day. When I listen to each episode and hear you guys laugh, it makes me laugh. Some of the topics are more serious than others, but you two make each show special and entertaining. Thanks for the work you do, and yes, Brittany is the best part. Long live Earth, Wind, and Fire. Wow, show
1: Brittany the best part. You know, it is, uh, and then we'll move on here quickly. Thank you, Robin. We love you very much. We yes. appreciate um, your support and the long, long-time listener. Yes. Robin. Beautiful. From DC. Uh, it, it is uh, It is a tough, especially in times like this, a tough thing to do to try to make a show uh, with some laughs in it. Mm-hmm. When we're just surrounded, you know, the room's on goddamn fire. Yeah. You know, that, that meme with the dog, this is fine. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> I, I, I Listen, I don't want to ignore the that the room's on fire, but look, maybe there's a funny thing happening in the corner of the room that's on fire, and we can laugh at that funny thing while we're all being consumed in flames.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the optimist in you.
1: That is the optimist. Right there. The eternal optimist. We just saw it. In Jesse D. Joshua. Joshua.
2: And Savada.
1: Savada. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thank you both for your generous donation on Patreon to help keeping the show's lights on, moving the conversation forward on an episode by episode basis. You guys are spectacular. Mhm. So, I didn't drop the phone number before, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at We'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you very much. Another way to support the show is we still have some stickers of the, the Dolamore page 2020 with our goofy cartoon faces on them. We would love for you to have them help promote the show. Uh, help support the show uh, six. Uh, well, I'm not, you, you can't call for them, but you can go to the website uh, dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. It says Stickers Shop, and uh, that's where you get them. We'll ship them out immediately as soon as you buy them, Uh, and it is a, a good way to help support the show. You can also shop on Amazon dollamore.com slash Amazon, and that little bit goes a long way if people make an effort to... Remember, and that's really all it is, because is there's, there's no extra work for you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Dollamore.com slash Amazon. And now I will shut my mouth. So before we get to dollamocracy, uh, <laughs> what, what, what?
2: I don't know. It just it's, seems like you're afraid.
1: No, I just, it's a good thing. I mean, it's another asshole who's been taken off the streets, so to speak. But Les moonvez the, the, the CEO of CBS, mm-hmm has stepped down. I have a, a clip to play, but now it's kind of outdated because of what happened yesterday. hmm Um there were allegations and they were, I guess, negotiating his ouster, negotiating the terms of by which he would leave.
2: And then Ronan Farrow.
1: That's right. Well, I mean and through that negotiation was anywhere from like a hundred to one hundred and eighty million dollar golden fucking parachute.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, Ronan Farrow, enter Ronan Farrow. Yeah,
2: so he uh, put out another article with additional allegations, including allegations of sexual assault. And um, then it was announced that he would be resigning. Yeah, he resigned. Yeah, I think like three hours after the article or something. Yeah, Uh, pretty quick. And he said, well, CBS has said that he is not going to be getting... Um, the settlement or whatever it is, the exit package. However, that's only the case if the probe that's currently going on clears him. Yeah, they have or, a, they d- have or a, doesn't clear him. They
1: have a law firm that is investigate much like Fox News did with with um, uh, what the hell is his name, Roger Ailes, R- Roger Ailes, and Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, so many, <laughs> so many. Um, there they have a law firm that is independently investigating the claims and. Look, I make a prediction. It's not like it's going out on a limb here. It's likely they're going to come back with a verdict of, yeah, he did this stuff and it's not good.
2: So if the probe clears him, he's going to get $120 million. Yeah. But if the probe does not and finds that he is guilty, then he will get nothing. And it's being reported that uh, CBS and Les Moonves don't know what the breakdown is. They will be donating $20 million to um, the Me Too movement so um
1: various charities yeah so
2: i think that this is another positive outcome ronan farrow uh as always taking care of biz and um his work is really important we're we're lucky to have him he
1: also has a a very high degree of of journalistic integrity Mm -hmm. he's a guy that can be trusted yeah for sure um it is weird, you were reading me some of these the instances of of the allegations against Les Moonves, and it's, what a creepy fuck. hmm Like, going to a mas- massage parlor, or a masseuse, or, I don't know, parlor, massage person. Yeah. And, uh, like, just trying to get him to touch his dick.
2: Yeah, there, there were uh, women... Uh, or at least one woman who said that she would massage him and he would indicate to her that he wanted her to move closer to his um, penis. Pelvic region. And (laughs) then when she would get closer, like she she said she could tell it was in a sexual way that he was saying this. Yeah. And so she would move closer, right? Because she's not actually touching it. And then when she would get closer, he would say, touch it. I mean, uh. they, they didn't have a recording in the article. I just, that's, I assume that's how it was said. <laughs> um. Do it again. Touch it. <laughs>
1: oh, that's going to be a drop. Oh, great. What did I do to myself?
2: <laughs> but as I was reading it, I had this really great idea. And at all massage parlors, they should have a very large, imposing male figure who works as a security guard <laughs> And whenever this kind of thing happens, they just have like a button in the room that is completely silent, but it buzzes this guy. So he knows exactly what's going on. So, for example, as soon as Les Moonves says, touch it, then the woman would touch the button, ring the guy, and then next thing you know, the guy's in the room, and he's like, oh, you want me to touch it? He just
1: Well, (laughs) listen, this is our service. Yeah. He runs in and just grabs it with his burly... Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And Giant then,
1: hands. Smash!
2: And then Les Moonvez doesn't know what hit him.
1: Look, you requested a touch. You didn't say it had to be me. Exactly.
2: That, exactly. This
1: is a good plan.
2: Problem solved. Again, solving the problems. If
1: you, Listen, Brittany Page is an innovator. Mm-hmm. If you own a massage therapy joint anywhere in America or the world and you're listening... Uh, she, I think she expects some kind of a licensing payment.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Royalties on this idea because it's 100%, a winner. Yeah, one
2: hundred percent.
1: How 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 uh, aggressively?
2: Oh, real aggressive.
1: Real <laughs> aggressive. Yeah.
2: This is about teaching people a lesson.
1: You, Brittany, you are all about the consequence, if nothing else.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So anyway. Aside from all that, uh, another person who has a history of abusing women, uh, punishing them when they do not respond to his advances. Um,
1: a, a dickface man of power. Yeah. Immense power and influence.
2: Is on his way out. And that is a good thing.
1: Stalemocracy Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So, a couple things. (laughs) Every once in a while, Mm -hmm. the gods of politics shine their face down upon me and give (laughs) me something that is funny, Yeah, that's not just soul-crushing and sad. Yeah. And that happened uh, this week (laughs) with with Donald Trump's uh, Montana rally. And listen, we know Donald Trump is a fucking very stable genius with all the best words, but apparently he doesn't always know it.
0: The so-called resistance is angry because their horrible ideas have been rejected by the American people and it's driving them crazy. Crazy. They're the ones, honestly, that have been driven crazy. The latest act of resistance is the op-ed published in the failing New York Times by Anonymous... (laughs) Really an
2: enormousous <laughs> oh.
0: coward, you just look coward he was uh, nobody knows who the hell he is, or she, although they put he, but probably that's a little disguised that means it's she oh, but for the sake of our national security
1: how 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 great is that that is not a difficult word to pronounce, yeah, an anonymous,
0: really an anomalous... <laughs>
2: You know, why would he, why would he say it knowing that he can't say it? Like there's certain words that really stress me out if I know I'm going to have to say them, um, particularly when reading. Beca- yeah. Okay. But I would just like not say it. I would yeah. just not say it.
1: Well, what I like is that he, he takes a crack at it. And anamas. Oh, wait, wait, no, wait. That's not right. Let me, uh. Let me swing back around. Take another run at it. An- anonymous. No, that's not right either.
2: All He's just all the in's and the O's and the It's all just mashed into one slur. An- anonymous.
0: Really an anonymous.
2: Uh, you guys, he can't read the word anonymous.
1: It's an ominous. So he, what he means is it's something terrible and like impending doom. Yeah. An ominous.
2: Yeah, that's what he meant.
1: anonymous
2: he's a higher level thinker (laughs) that's what he meant
1: he has the best words britney page i think we we it's clear minister Kofefi here yeah he's got it down the
2: other thing that's interesting about it is that they had to have been talking about this all day right that it's an anonymous person he had to have been hearing the word over and over and over again so why can't he say it the
0: other thing
1: is it's not an it's it's not an uh I don't know. The answer to the question is I don't know. I, I I don't know why the president of the United States can't use a word that it's arguable that many elementary school st- students know. Mm-hmm. Anonymous. Mm-hmm. The anonymous New York Times op-ed. Mm-hmm. The anonymous source. He whines and complains about anonymous sources in the media constantly,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then in writing, <laughs> an anonymous. Really, an anonymous.
2: Oh.
1: Oh, I mean, really? That it, it just, it's just—it's tough to listen to. It, it's a gift.
2: <laughs> this is a
1: gift. <laughs> do you think he feels embarrassment? No. Or embarrassment? No.
2: No. No. No.
1: no. burnishment
2: No. No. He. Um. Whatever happens to him?
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say whatever happened to him in his childhood. No.
2: Whatever. What's hap- his
1: attachment style? Whatever
2: happens to him. He rationalizes. So who knows how he's rationalizing this, but I'm sure it's not a big deal. He doesn't care about it. And uh, he probably feels bad about it deep inside, but he won't let that come to the surface.
1: Because of the narcissism. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing, and this is more serious, and then we'll get to the other funny thing with the kid, Um, the the plaid shirt guy.
2: Plaid shirt guy.
1: Uh, this was before the rally, and he was me. He was he was doing a little little pre show interview with Pete Hegseth,
2: the weekend Fox and Friends guy. Yeah,
1: he's the B team. He's the B team <laughs> of the dumbest show with the dumbest hosts on the dumbest network. He's not quite up to snuff to be varsity. On this show.
2: I mean, I'm sure one day when uh, Ducey, Steve Ducey retires or Brian Kilmeade retires, he'll take the place of one of them.
1: I thought you were going to say if when Steve Ducey retires or Brian Kilmeade ends up choking himself to death while masturbating. Mm-hmm. You didn't say that, though, Brittany. That's what I thought was coming.
2: Uh, I, I what just happened? <laughs> what, what what was just said?
1: Oh, Brian Kilmeade. So anyway, so he's God, we're off the track here. Um, Pete Hegseth, who apparently isn't a dumb guy. He did go to Harvard. He interviews Donald Trump, and they start talking about the anonymous... anonymous... New York Times op-ed.
0: Folks here may have seen an anonymous column written in the New York Times. And I think this audience would say that an attack on you is an attack on the people that voted for you. Yeah. Are you... Are you any closer to knowing who did it and what should be done if you find out who did it? Well, number one, the Times should never have done that because really what they've done is virtually you know it's treason you can call it a lot of things but to think that you have somebody in all of the cabinet so many people as you know they came forward they're writing editorials they're all saying you know it's got to be at a fairly low level because so many people today i was just coming out and i see all the people that are saying such great things we have a lot of love in the administration and the white house is truly as you would say a well-oiled machine it is working so well and, you know, we have, I heard you say yesterday, we have thousands of people that in theory could qualify. So they take one person out of thousands, but what's unfair, I don't mind when they write a book and they make lies because it gets discredited. We just discredited the last one. We discredit all of them because it's lies. But I, I'll tell you, when somebody writes and you can't discredit because you have no idea who they are. Usually you'll find out it's a background that was bad. It may not be a Republican. It may not be a conservative. It may be a deep state person that's been there a long time. You don't know where. It's a very unfair thing. But it's very unfair to our country and to the millions of people that voted really for us. They voted for us.
1: So there's a lot there. First of all, that an attack on Donald Trump is an attack on Americans, meaning America. You're not if you attack Donald Trump and the efficacy of his organizational skills the the White House being a well-oiled machine Jesus talk about a fucking joke you're not attacking the voters you're attacking Donald Trump The voters didn't know I think many people thought he was going to turn it around and turn into a president They didn't know he was going to be a fucking circus sideshow from day 1 through day you know Twelve hundred.
2: For the record, there were a lot of people that did know that.
1: Yeah, of course, there were, but a <laughs> lot of people convinced voters, yes. convinced themselves. Yes. No, he's gonna, he's gonna do it right.
2: Right. I can be presidential whenever I want.
1: Yeah, of course. And then the other thing is that it's virtually treason. Mm-hmm. He is in no uncertain terms saying that to criticize. Donald Trump anonymously or otherwise in op-ed form is treason
2: that it's a betrayal to the country
1: that is right treason (laughs) which is punishable in many cases by death and that's not hyperbole when listen when someone talks about oh that's treasonous behavior it's one thing when it comes from a dumbass like me and I'm using it in a vague general sense when the president of the United States uses the word treason, he'd better be fucking talking about treason.
2: He's the government. Yes. When the government That's right. is accusing someone of treason, they're not just using it as a synonym for betrayal.
1: That's exactly right. So,
2: I mean, he's an elected government official who's accusing someone else of treason. That's very serious. Yes. Donald
1: Trump is effectively one third of our government. He heads the executive branch. He is one third of the entire government. For him to level a charge like that is un American, not to mention unpresidential. It's dangerous.
2: It's also not surprising, though, given the types of leaders that he admires and compliments and. Uh, makes desperate attempts to have love and appreciate him. Yeah,
0: Chairman
1: (laughs) Kim.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: So anyway, the thing that did happen at the rally that was funny was there was this kid sitting behind Trump. Mm -hmm. um, And he had a plaid shirt on. You know the internet. They don't... (laughs) They're not great for creativity sometimes or specificity they mm-hmm. just that's eh, plaid shirt guy
2: yeah <laughs> his name is tyler Linfesty, and he is a 17 year old student high school student from billings montana and he is a democratic socialist i believe um i think that's what i read and he wanted to go to the trump rally and so he put his name in And he wanted to uh, stand behind the president like that was a goal, I believe. And so he put his name into like some lottery where they randomly select people to be behind the president. And he won. He was able to do that. And with that opportunity, that beautiful opportunity that he had, he decided to make hilarious faces while Donald Trump was talking and saying illogical things.
4: <laughs> his reactions to the president's comments went viral, earning him the nickname "Plaid Shirt Guy" on social media. Well, his real name is Tyler Linfesty, and he is a senior at Billings West High School, and he joins me now. Tyler, thank you for joining us. Good evening. You have become a viral hey. sensation since this rally uh, last night. I want to play another clip, and then we're going to talk. Here it is.
0: We've picked up a lot of support because. At some point, this whole thing is going to be exposed. More Americans are working today than ever, ever,
4: ever before. <laughs> I think that was not true. But listen, you're, you're not a Republican, but you're not a Trump supporter. In fact, you were wearing a Democratic Socialist America no. pen, which you're wearing now. Why were you there?
3: Yes. Uh, well, I originally signed up to go to the rally about a week before uh, the rally was going to happen. I brought three of my friends with me, and honestly, I just wanted to go just to, uh, you know, see the president and uh, hear what he had to say. I mean, I'm not going to pass up the opportunity to see the president of the United States.
4: Yeah. Well, so, Tyler, were you deliberately making faces, or was that a natural reaction?
3: <laughs> um, all of those reactions were my actual reaction. Um, I would have made those faces... Uh, if anyone were to say that to me, uh, I was not, I was not trying to protest. Uh, those were just my actual honest reactions. Uh, yeah.
4: So what was it like? Because we know the president often says things that are not true, but the people there are eating it up, yeah. do you think they know it's not true? You did. You were like, right. well, that you were, you said at one point, not true. And then you said, what? And I think you said, yeah. have you, when he said he's gained more supporters?
3: Right. Yeah. I said, have you? Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, Well, you know, each time I see one of these rallies, you know, I see people behind Donald Trump clapping and cheering and being super enthusiastic. And I've always wondered myself, you know, are those people really being genuine? Uh, So when I got back there, I knew that I was going to be genuine. I was going to give my actual reaction to the things he said. So whenever I disagreed with him, you could tell that I disagreed. Uh, but whenever I agreed with him, you know, I clapped, I clapped as well. You know, at one point he, uh, railed against NAFTA. I, I personally don't like NAFTA. Um, at one point he said, uh, he thought that, uh, the primary election was stolen away from Bernie Sanders. I clapped at that as well. I also think that the primary was starting, stolen away from Bernie Sanders. Uh, but yeah, there are also plenty of things I disagreed with as you saw. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, he talked about his tax plan a lot um i you know eighty two percent of the benefits of the tax plan go to the top one percent of americans uh so clearly this tax plan was not for the middle class you know it didn 't help didn 't help people like me uh people like my friends
4: okay so then during the at some point they realized right that you were i guess they weren 't happy with what you were doing and then they sent someone in yeah to replace to relieve you. <laughs> And then they also replaced your two friends, yeah. even though they weren't making the same facial expressions that yeah. you were, right? Why, why were you and they told to right. leave? What did they tell you?
3: Well, I think, I think they, they didn't really tell me anything. Um, but, I mean, I, I think I know why they removed me. It's because, well, before the rally, they told us that, you know, you have to be enthusiastic. You have to be clapping. You have to be cheering for Donald Trump. Uh, and I wasn't doing that because you know I wasn't enthusiastic, and I, I wasn't happy with what he was saying. So I think. So it's like they warm you up before or like a talk a show or, of,
4: or like a game show by getting you excited. They tell you you have to be enthusiastic.
3: Yes, they told us we had to be enthusiastic. Uh, they they tried to make me and my friends wear the 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 MAGA hats, the Make uh, America Great Again hats. Uh, I was not wearing one, as as you saw. Yeah. So uh, the woman, she came in and she just said, uh, I'm, I'm going to replace you. Uh, and I just, I just walked off. I knew I was getting kicked out for not being enthusiastic enough, so I decided just to not, not to fight it. Uh, and then just some Secret Service guys escorted me into like this back room area. And um, yeah, they just they sat me down for 10 minutes, looked at my ID, and then just told me to leave. Very respe- respectively, respectfully uh, told me to uh, just leave and not come back.
2: Okay, several points that I want to address yeah, with this. a lot going um, on here. Number one, it is funny what he did. I love what he did. Um, he instantly became a Twitter viral sensation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it's great. What I do not think is great is that Donald Trump accuses protesters of like being actors. I think he's yeah. done that, right? Yeah,
1: and being paid and all that.
2: Yeah, and... That's really what this is. So the woman who replaced plaid shirt guy, um, she was enthusiastic, yes, when she came in. But there was another woman who replaced the two people that were next to plaid shirt guy a couple of minutes after they replaced plaid shirt guy. And she gets in there, and as soon as she steps into their place, she's smiling and clapping. Like, no one else is clapping for anything, but she just immediately, ear to ear, smiling, clapping. Following
1: directions. Yeah,
2: because she's trained, hey, you're going to be standing behind the president. Yeah. You need to be clapping and cheering and smiling. Also, okay, if that's not like weird enough that yeah, that's yeah, what's yeah. going on at this rally, they detained him for ten minutes. They took his ID. The Secret Service. Yeah, that's a
1: problem I have
2: for not clapping and it, smiling yeah. he and cheering. He
1: was not protesting. He didn't produce a sign. He didn't disrupt anything. He didn't scream and yell. He, he just, made faces. Yeah, he and really they weren't even like dis. It wasn't. He was not even disrespectful. Not a crime. Not a violation. He didn't even do that, though.
2: No, it was like... And then he got what detained. Is, what is he saying? Like, he would make a funny face and go, what? You know?
1: And and as he said, he also clapped when he agreed.
2: Yeah. So, the fact that the Secret Service took him into a back room and, like, took his ID, and... I mean, that would be scary. The Secret Service is talking to you. Can I see your ID? Why do you want to see my ID? Why are you questioning me? A minor.
1: Yeah. He's a minor.
2: Why are you even talking to me right now? Why am I in this back room? What did I do? Why? What's going on?
1: Yeah. I would have been a belligerent motherfucker. Let me tell you that.
2: Yeah. I didn't even do anything. Yeah. Why am I back here? Ugh. Give me a free hat. I'm on my way out. Give
1: me a free hat that I could fucking burn. (laughs) Chinese made hat. Yikes.
2: Taking care of biz. The New York State Attorney General is ah. is, is taking care of biz.
1: Taking care of biz.
2: Her name is Barbara Underwood.
1: Barbara Underwood taking care of biz. What what is Barbara Underwood doing?
2: She has issued subpoenas to all eight Catholic dioceses in the state Oh, as a part of a sweeping civil investigation into whether institutions covered up allegations of sexual abuse of children.
1: This seems to be a trend among states' attorneys general uh, all across the country right now.
2: Well, there are now six ongoing state-level investigations of various kinds regarding the allegations of sexual abuse in Catholic diocese, New York, Nebraska, New Mexico, Florida, Missouri, and Illinois.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yes. Uh,
1: the Missouri one, there is a little bit of uh, tension surrounding it because that guy's running for, I believe, governor and... Uh, it, they're kind of thinking that that investigation was kind of a sham.
2: Yeah, there are questions about his legitimacy and le- the legitimacy of the investigation. He's being accused of actually not really taking action, yeah. saying that he was inspired by the Pennsylvania report and that he was going to take action. To get good press. Yeah, and now that's kind of yeah. floundering. Well, so. good.
1: Listen, Underwood, kick That's ass. That's, uh, we need more states to do this. We need more light to be shown upon... Uh, shined upon whatever the fuck um this evil this this predatory behavior and the the subsequent Mm cover-up and the at all times facilitation of this and um state-level governments may be the best way to do it
2: yeah and these uh these attorneys general are saying that they are inspired by the Pennsylvania report and that victims in their state deserve to be heard too. Yes. So it's all about hearing from victims and like you said, exposing the injustice in the Catholic church.
1: This will likely be talked about more. We'll be following up on it as details become available. We love you guys. We're going to leave you there. We appreciate you. We'd love your feedback. Let us know what you think. Help us move the conversation forward. 657-464-7609. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it? at dollamore.com.
2: I want to give a quick shout out to Tony in Massachusetts who suggested that Taking Care of Biz article. All right. Thank you.
1: Yes. Also, remember... If you are a Patreon supporter or if you become a Patreon supporter, we are going to be doing that AMA Patreon only episode Mm -hmm. on the 22nd. So you have up until the 21st to send us your questions about whatever. Yes. And that will be addressed in that private secret Patreon only episode. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The other thing was we're doing the commercial for Facebook. Think about it. Yeah. If there was a moment that touched you, if you laughed your ass off one time or Mm -hmm. half of a time, Mm -hmm. we want to hear those moments. If you have an episode, that would be great. We want to track those down for the commercial.
2: If you have a timestamp, even better.
1: Even better. Mm -hmm. Good times. So we'll see you next time. We love you guys. Thank you for joining us this episode and every other one. We'll see you next time. From Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt Touch it. (laughs) Oh, that's going to be a drop.